0: to an audio-only road trip dividing line. <laughs> I, you know, the dividing line used to be audio only uh, for many, 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 many years, and I sort of rue the day uh, in many ways when Rich uh, convinced me that we needed to change that and um, start getting caught up with everybody else and doing the video podcasts. But, Unless I'm using the big board or showing something on the screen, seeing my ugly mug, um, I, I just don't know why that's so really relevant. To be honest with you, and of course, many of our people listen. We've got we've got the whole dividing line truckers group out there uh, that listen to the program while they're driving, and I sure hope they're not I sure hope they're not looking at the video uh, while while they're driving. Um, but uh, so. Doing it this way, uh, obviously, the reason we're doing it this way right now is I happen to be staying at a place on my trip that functionally has no ability to allow me to do video, anyways. And I think it's the first time, um, but we just—it's it, just—it's just not there. Uh, there is a uh, Wi-Fi system in the park, but it is extremely uh, narrow as far as its bandwidth is concerned. And uh, I would say it's about, it's not quite as fast as a 14.4 uh, modem. If you remember dial-up modems in the old days, uh, I had, I did have one computer that had a 300-baud modem, but I i, I started, my first computer, I had 1,200. So, um, most of you have no idea what any of that's about, but let's just say if you're used to broadband, you are you're blessed. Anyway, we really can't do the video part, and so... Uh, doing audio, I can make this file really small and get it uploaded to Rich. And, and uh, given some of the stuff I want to talk about, and i probably not even going to go full hour, probably going to be sort of a DL short in in a way. Uh, but we'll make up for it as we get to RV parks that have <laughs> better cell coverage, 5G, stuff like that. And um, and we will, we will be able to do that eventually. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> so many things to discuss. Uh, just a few moments ago, I was uh, informed that the sweater vest dialogue that Doug and I did uh, a couple of months ago now, uh, doubting the Thomists, uh, was posted. And uh, so, you know, it, it you know, Canon pops it up there, and very quickly someone sent me a link to one of the comments. And it was like, wow, I'm only five minutes in. I feel like I've wasted my time. It's just like, okay, I, I can't blame Thomas for this. But there is just such an insufferable arrogance on the part of many. Okay, it, it's not just Thomism, but man, Thomism seems to really um, propagate it. It's just like, why why are you people so mean? Uh, It just, not all, obviously. I I get that. And there there are jerks on the other side, too, I suppose. But, man, it's just such a common thing to just have, you know, do these people run into walls because their their noses are lifted so high up in the air they can't see where they're going? It's um, ah, it's amazing. But, anyway, uh, look it up and it, I thought it was a helpful conversation on a number of different things, and, and um, there, there needs to be a, a broader and maybe organized pushback from those of us who still believe that Cornelius Van Til and Greg Bonson and John Frame and um, all the others really did tap into something uh, extremely important and relevant in our day in in how we defend the Christian faith. That is what presuppositionalism, covenantal apologetics, as others have described it, um, Dr. Oliphant used that terminology. Be it yeah, as it may, I, I just consider it deeply biblical and extremely important in light of the assertion of The autonomy of man in our day and so I I think there would probably be room for a organized published pushback against all this stuff and a refutation with some of the standard canards that are uh, that are out there and I am thankful I was listening actually this morning I, I forget how I got linked to it but to a young fellow uh, my son's age, actually, uh, speaking at a church and starting a series on presuppositionalism, and you know, very bright. And I, I'm glad to see that. And uh, I, I think our brightest days are yet ahead along those lines. But at the same time, uh, there has been a real strong pushback against Van Til and presuppositionalism. Greg Bonson. Um. It's not the cool thing anymore. Uh, this uh, this Thomism is the cool thing. And, and you know, I, I completely disagree with the hijacking of the term classical theism, by the way. Uh, it's one thing to talk about classical apologetics. And, uh, by the way, when I taught apologetics, oh, good grief, this would have been in the early 2000s, I would say. I, I remember one year at Golden Gate when I taught Uh, apologetics, I used the uh, Sproul, gersner Lindsley Lindsley book, Lindsay or Lindsley, I don't have it in front of me, Um, as one of my texts, as an example of how people that we have great respect for can have really, really, really strong traditions that just simply preclude them from ever being able to Fairly analyze uh, another position. So um, you know that's that's true of Doctor Sproul I love RC. RC has helped so many of us. This is just one of those examples where if you don't mature to the point where you can appreciate what somebody says, um, just because you have one area of disagreement over here or another area disagree, you know, uh, disagree with RC on baptism and and on apologetic methodology, uh, but what we agree on is far more important than what we disagreed on. And it it leads you to a a narrow, brittle, um, fragile Christian life. If you you can't get past the fundamentalist you-need-to-agree-with-me-on-everything mindset, it, it really, really does. And that's why I can have close friendships, close Christian brotherhood friendships with men that I debate—Michael Brown, Doug Wilson—and that's what drives all of you that are still stuck in the fundamentalist mindsets crazy, and you know it. Uh, but you've, you've got to get to that—you got to get to that point. And so, uh, anyway, they you know hearing you know, I used that book just as an example of once people understood what presuppositionalism was and then they read that book, they're like, but these gentlemen don't understand. I'm like, and they have had it explained to them many times. But there is just such a strong filter, uh, a lens in front of their eyes when they see this particular material. And I don't know why God and his sovereignty allows us to experience that type of thing i'm sure that i have the same same situations but i don't know where they are i I don't want to have any type of man created lens that is keeping me from hearing divine truth i don't want that but i i think in this life we all experience that kind of thing and um, and you you still have to recognize that. I, I think I got it from church. I think I partly got it from going to Fuller and having professors who were way to my left, and yet I deeply appreciated and I learned a lot from. Uh, but didn't lose my convictions over, and I had to learn to you know spit out the bones and and that that type of terminology. Uh, but then also. Uh, studying church history and teaching church history as many times as I have. You 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 have to come to understand that yeah there you can have deep appreciation for somebody. I was, I was thinking recently about you know Athanasius is one of my favorite of the of the early writers. But that doesn't mean that I agree with every single thing Athanasius ever said. And I could, you know, um, you know, Athanasius is defending the deity of Christ, and and so often, it's just so thrilling for me anyways, to read where he is uh, just so brilliantly uh, using the exact same text that I use in speaking with Unitarians and Jehovah's Witnesses and others today. But at the same time, if I wanted to, I could put together a presentation uh, where... Athanasius lost his balance. I mean, given the situation he was in, the guy's kicked out of his church five times uh, because he's standing for Nicene Orthodoxy and he's standing for the deity of Christ. And he's running from imperial troops and, and living out amongst the desert fathers and he sacrificed a lot for the truth. And the reality is, that that means it was the key um uh, debate and controversy of his day, and the reality is every one of us is defined by those 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 debates that we experience in our lives and you may say well i don't I'm never going to do a debate no if if you're involved if you live during a day um you know, during the Aryan resurgence after the Council of Nicaea, for, for decades after the Council of Nicaea, the Arians were in control, and there were anti, as in anti, not anti, with an E, anti-Nicene uh, councils that were called, and creeds that were drafted, and, and, you know, we have the advantage of living after all of that, but at the time it was extremely confusing, and, and what's really interesting is that there were um, comments made that you could go into certain cities during those days, and if you if you ask the shopkeeper how much the meat is, he would respond by a discussion of the relationship of the father and the son in eternity past. And so it, it was it was going on not just amongst the people of the leadership, but it, but everybody. And so if you lived during those days, those were your debates and. That was that was what defined Athanasius's life, and therefore, you would find and this is this is a a great um, uh, exa- he's a great example that there we can't find all those many examples of this, but you're gonna find places where if you're constantly pulling on a rope, if you're in tug of war and you're constantly pulling, you're not balanced. You are, you know, you, you know the old trick in tug of war. You just let go of the rope and then grab it again. And the other side's fallen over. And now you grab the rope and run off and you win. Uh, if you're constantly pulling in one direction and constantly in one kind of battle, it's hard to remain balanced. And, and Athanasius did, in many places, remain balanced. But we could find places where there are biblical texts that Athanasius utilized where we just have to honestly go, eh, maybe not. Uh, may not really, you know, maybe went a little bit too far with that because he's in that constant battle. We get that. We understand that. Uh, At least I hope we do. We need to. I do. And that's why I can appreciate him so much despite, uh, uh, you know, areas of disagreement. And that also means that there there may be other aspects of his theology where (sighs) if you're spending 95% of your time on one subject um you're not gonna be really having a lot of time to invest in other areas. And so you can't really expect that he would necessarily have uh done a whole lot in, in this subject or that subject, even though he's still one of the first ones to have ever written a full treatise on the subject of the atonement. Um so these are things to these are things to keep in mind, uh as we as we consider um Church history, and I wasn't going to talk about any of that until uh, someone in uh, in our ministry chat channel it's a private chat channel, it's not an IRC channel um, we've mentioned that in the past, but that, that channel ended in 2019 I think it was. Anyway um, someone mentioned that and uh, so I wanted to let people know uh, that that sweater vest dialogue is up, I think it will be useful to you um, but I just don't understand why Thomas just have to be, sometimes, simply jerks. Uh, That's the nicest way to put it. Uh, I wasted five minutes of my time. Well, thank you very much. Ah, Barnabas, uh, the son of discouragement. Uh, There's lots of them out there. Anyway, what I was actually going to be talking about um, is just some of the stuff going on. That's why this is audio only, and we're not even going to bother trying with YouTube or anything like that. I haven't said almost anything for a long time, on what's going on in uh, in culture and specifically in regards to the continuing, ongoing uh, movement toward global tyranny on the part of the World Economic Forum, World Health Organization, and um, all the people involved there, too, with the great, wonderful assistance of the leftists in the United States. There are just so many things that have, have happened. Um, I think about the uh, action in the House and the possible action in the Senate uh, to codify the infantile stupidity of the Obergefell decision. And I say that as one of the few people on the planet that actually read the Obergefell decision shortly after it was... Uh, it was promulgated, should have been posted in the fiction section. Um, it's embarrassing, it's childish, it was not written by anybody with an adult uh, level of, uh, of cognizance. Um, cognition. It, it's, it's horrific. And so, after Roe v. Wade, uh, then there's this, this knee-jerk reaction where we need to codify Roe, and we need to codify Obergefell. And the Obergefell, of course, it passed easily in the House, and it, with 47 Republicans along, going along with it. And it could pass in the Senate, and of course, uh, whoever it is that tells Joe Biden what to do will tell him to sign that um, as well. And so you would have one of the most infantile, rebellious, we're going to stick our, our middle finger in God's face uh, bills uh, becoming the law of the land uh, in, in short order if, if that happens. And it just seems to me that once again, I, I am encouraged by the number of um, parents who are taking the time to homeschool their children. To recognize the simply anti-Christian, anti-God uh, agenda of the public education system, the, the number of videos coming out of, of the utter abuse of children by um, quote-unquote teachers in the public education system is astonishing, absolutely astonishing. It, it truly, truly is. It's disgusting the, the, what, what you encounter Uh, these days, along those lines. But um, we, as parents and grandparents, really need to be instilling in the next generation an understanding of who they are as the creatures of God and the, the beauty of human sexuality and maleness and femaleness and the covenant of marriage and... Uh, everything that the world hates because it's what produces life, we are seeing with such stark uh, clarity the culture of death expressing itself in every possible way. In the profaning of marriage, in, oh good grief, how many cities, how many states have now declared a public health, emergency, because of monkeypox. Do you have any idea what chance you have? If you follow God's ways, if you follow God's law, uh, if you are married to one husband or one wife, and they are faithful to you and you are faithful to them, do you know what your chances of getting monkeypox are? I can assure you it is significantly less than being struck by a meteorite um, a whole lot less than being struck by lightning. Um, this is a disgusting disease that afflicts primarily homosexual men who are involved in and it's not even it's not even sex, it's just simple sexual perversion. Um, and that they're doing it regularly those are the people who are in trouble uh, with this stuff and the rest of us don't have to give it a second thought we really don't and yet now the, you know, the emergencies and uh, could we possibly see a demanded vaccine <sighs> um, at the same time you have those health emergencies i have i have just sort of on the sly, mentioned a number of times on the regular broadcast. Keep your eyes open. There are many, many papers coming out right now on the issue of the damage that has been done by mRNA vaccines. The excess mortalities, um, Just last week, three doctors and one across town, so this is in Toronto, four under 50-year-old doctors dropped dead after the hospitals, three of them worked in one hospital, and the hospital had demanded the fourth booster, uh, not fourth booster, second booster, so a fourth shot. Um, And in one week, three under 50-year-old doctors dropped dead. And you can't talk about it. You can't say anything about it, Uh, but everybody in the quietness of their minds is sitting there going, I think there's a real obvious reason why this is happening. And it's like, yeah. And then you've got 79-year-old Joe Biden um, who comes down with COVID. He's double vaxxed, double boosted. And he comes down with COVID and a few days later, hey, I'm so much cooler than Donald Trump because I got over it real fast and he had to do more than I did. And then the day after that, he has what they're calling a rebound case of COVID. Whatever. Um, the, The failure of these vaccines, the lies that have been told, And the fact that more of the people responsible for the production of these uh, vaccines have become millionaires and billionaires without any legal uh, pushback, at least in the United States. I am hearing about um, millions and millions of dollars uh, being handed out to people for vaccine damage in other places, but that can't happen in the U.S. And so... You you just go. Really, you you really think this is we're we're all just going to sit around going, we've got, we've no one would ever do anything like that just because this has resulted in the the most massive transfer of wealth in the history of the world, Uh, the the ravaging of the middle class and the the transfer of their wealth to. Uh, big Pharma and Big Tech? Oh, I had to, come on. I, no one would do anything like that. It is so stinking obvious what the motivations are. But you can't say a word. Can't, no, can't talk about it. Can't, mm-mm, mm-mm, You'll be, you'll be blasted. Uh, they'll take you down in a second. If you, in fact, I was stunned because uh, Tucker Carlson had a, A thing where he read from a a Lancet article and uh, another journal article uh, about the obvious reality that messing with the immune system artificially ends up making you more susceptible to future uh, infections by this particular virus. And that's what we're seeing. Look at Australia. Uh, Look at New Zealand. They are just having huge spikes. And they're 95-98% vaxxed. And boosted, and now they can't fight it, and and if you dared even suggest that, in late 2020, early 2021, you're gone, you're history, you're out of there, and I was pretty stunned that uh, that Tucker Carlson could do a a segment on that, and YouTube left it up. Now that's because he's huge, he's big, and so they're not gonna, you know, they they can't they can't get rid of him. They the 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 stink would be. A real stink, It really, really would. But that's why he can get away with it, and the rest of us, if we dare mention anything about it, are simply going to be uh, shut down and silenced uh, because they're they have no refutation. All they can do is just repeat talking points, and they can't get into the situation where you have a uh, give and take, where you have an actual debate taking place. That that will be the end. Uh, for them, because the data is just not on their side. So what they can do is, you know, they're still cranking out their their narrative, and they can give, well, but look at this study here, look at that study there. Uh, but what happens in a debate is you've got cross examination, and you have the opportunity of examining, well, who's who's doing this, and it's it's sort of like we all knew, did we not all know many many years ago that big tobacco was buying all sorts of studies that questioned whether smoking was bad for you? We all knew that. They got away with it. Why couldn't that be happening now, given that you have this this coming together of big pharma and government and corporatism? why Why, why can't they all be doing that together again? What's I, There's certainly enough money to go around. <laughs> and it's coming straight out of your pocket, by the way. Well, actually, it's your grandchildren's pocket. Um, I mean, the deficit is so, just so absurd now that I I don't even know how the whole thing's being propped up. But uh, anyway, so we, we have, uh, you know, the double-vaxxed, double-boosted Biden just as, as the poster boy of the stupidity of these things. There's a lot of pressure that the the military, you know, it's not going to happen, but I'd love to see it happen. I would love to see the military forced to take back everyone they've kicked out with back pay uh, for not taking the poisonous vaccines that they're forcing on everybody. Um, But look, Big Pharma's not done. And after the monkeypox vaccine, you're going to get the next generation of COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. They're, they're going with that. They've come up with this new drug. What is it? Paxlovid or something like that, that evidently they used with Biden. But you know, uh, some people are saying you got to use it for more days. And, and there's these rebound infections and all that kind of stuff. Um you know, we we have more and more ways of treating it that are effective. Uh, on any rational ground, there is no reason why these vaccines should be being given to anyone, let alone to a two-year-old or a six-year-old. I mean, that's just abuse. Um, but it's it's going to keep happening because the intention is not public health, it is public subjugation to uh, to global elites, and especially the World Economic Forum. Uh, I mentioned before there needs to be a website, and there may be maybe there is, maybe someone can send it in so I know where it is, but there needs to be a website that identifies every single person who has ever attended and uh, is influenced by uh, the World Economic Forum who runs for office. Uh, the mayor of the city I live in is straight out of that stuff. And that's why my city has had a massive decline over the past number of years. Uh, that's why recently I dropped the truck off to get oil change for this trip. And I'm just going to walk over to Taco Bell and grab a quick bite while it, while they're doing that. And as I'm walking across the parking lot, here is a woman sitting under a tree, because it's pretty hot. Um, I don't know what she's smoking, up, I don't know what she's lighting up there. Some people say it has to be fentanyl, crack, I don't know. But she's just right out there in the open. And nobody cares. The, the cops aren't going to stop, they're not going to do anything about it. And I know that the, the place that I take the truck to, uh, well, that I took the truck to this time, you know, they've said... We, even though we have hired uh, security people, the, any cars that are left overnight, we just, we can't guarantee they're not going to be broken into, that they're not going to have the catalytic converters stolen off of or whatever else. Even though we have a security guy that drives around between each of our locations, he can't be at just one location all night. And so we've had people stealing catalytic converters just right, you know, Right, left, and center. It's, it's just how it is. It is um, it, the crime, the homelessness. I've mentioned I really can't ride uh, a number of the routes that I used to ride all the time that I've ridden for thousands and thousands of miles because the underpasses have become homeless encampments that are unsafe. Um, it's just just the way that uh, things gone, and it all goes back to a mayor who is part of the World Economic Forum Stuff uh, where they want you to live in a tiny box, eat bugs, drink cockroach milk, and work for them. And not have children. Uh, die alone and not have children. That's that's their vision of you not owning anything and being happy about it. <laughs> because they're going to start uh, spiking your uh, every six week inoculation and uh changing how you think so that you actually think it's a cool thing to be enslaved uh that's that's what they're up to and um uh, if we end up with it it's our own our own fault of course it can't last the whole culture of death will collapse in upon itself there's there's no question about that but how many is going to take with it that's that's really the issue that's that's the challenging part no no two ways about it um as we as we look at these things So, um, just so many uh, studies coming out that grab them. When you see the uh, published paper URL, grab it, stick it into your protected archive. You, You know, people going back to mask mandates. Has there been anything that has been proven more often to be utterly irrelevant, to be nothing but virtue signaling? Then mask mandates, that, that our children, our infants, have been deeply damaged in their ability to communicate, to speak, to learn uh, by the stupidity of this these mask mandates. And I keep telling folks, you know, say, well, you know, I had somebody say, hey, I saw Celebrity Cruise Line has now dropped its vax mandates. Uh, you don't you do not have to be be vaxxed. Well, my response was, well, for a while, they're they're not done yet. They they are they are not done yet. They they gained so much over the past couple of years that that now they're just they're reconsolidating and going. Okay, what's the next massive power grab that we can uh, create a uh, some type of Tragedy or crisis over, so we can grab as much of this information as uh, you know, not as much of this power as we can. What's it going to be? And um, so, grab those papers because somebody has to be the faithful resistance. And that this is speaking the truth is going to be something like it is in China right now, where you you're passing around little jump drives with government banned material on it and you're, you're you're just passing people on the street and trying to do it in the most unnoticeable way because you're being tracked all the time they know where you are all the time and therefore they can once they they know the bad people then they see who are the bad people meeting oh they they passed each other right here oh yeah. That it's, again, 1984 on electronic, satellite-driven steroids. Um, and that's why you know I, I don't understand this Pelosi trip uh, over to Taiwan, because Pelosi's one of the main people pushing the Chinese social credit score system on the United States in the first place. Uh, she is one of the most corrupt politicians, corrupt monetarily and in influence everything else that's ever lived. And China has her in a back pocket. So, you know, I don't know what she's going over there to do other than maybe to tell them, we don't got your back. If they come, you're, you know, just, you're out of it. Uh, I, I have no idea. But tensions are high. And, um, I am personally firmly convinced that the United States military has no military secrets when it comes to China. You've got, you've got a member of the House representative engaging in sexual relations with a Chinese uh, spy, and the result of that being exposed because he's a Democrat is him being rewarded with even more uh, sensitive positions in the Congress, I mean, we—the United States was taken over by its enemies in um, in 2020, and those enemies have been traitorously betraying the United States ever since. And of course, there were people before then too. I'm just simply saying, as far as the really out out there bold stuff, that's um, that's what we're looking at. So, anyway. Uh, All of that sounds horrible, doesn't it? But when I think about all these things, when you look at it within the light of God's law, it it all ends up making perfect sense. I mean, the self-destructiveness of this nation. You you have to see that all this transgender stuff, all of these horrific stories of... People trying to detransition once they realize it's, it's a lie. There is no such thing as transitioning. It's, it's, a, it's a complete lie. And the tragedy of, the, of their mutilated bodies and mutilated lives. Never be able to have children. Never be able to have a family. All because at a young age they were exposed to these things and lied to and destroyed. That's the exact purpose of all of it. The the history that will be written when the light of Christ's kingdom is shining in this world will document with names the people who engaged in political genocide in our own nation. It truly will. But we may have to go through a very, very difficult time where this godlessness reaches its full fury and destroys itself and leaves behind that monument that every generation in the future will look to and say, no, can't go there. Never again. It really is Christ or chaos. Now I know that that requires a work of the Spirit of God that would be well beyond what we call the Great Awakening. But my God is fully capable of bringing that about. And that is my prayer. And of course, my prayer is that it would happen sooner rather than later for the sake of my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren, but I realize that if the fall of the Soviet Union and the rise of Mao and China and 120 million dead last century, if that wasn't enough to create the uh, example of never again, then we may be looking at a at a dark period indeed but it is a dark period that given Christ's enthronement and his sitting upon the throne all authority has been given to him has to be temporary it may seem very long to us 70 years the Soviet system lasted it's the last time 70 years a long time but There have been periods of enslavement, the Dark Ages, the Inquisition, all sorts of things like that in the past that lasted for a very, 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 very long time, especially from the viewpoint of those people who endured those things. But Christ was still building His church, and uh, we see the results of all of that today. So, anyway... Just some thoughts as I look at the amazing things happening in the Congress of the United States around the world and in the church as well, in developments therein. And I, I do need to shout out, I did, I did a, a tweet uh, this morning, I think. It was a picture of Amy Bird. Uh, doing the benediction after preaching at a church. And uh, the fact of the matter is, the first person that I know that rang the alarm bell about Amy Bird was my daughter. And, you know, I was sort of like, oh, well, isn't she on Mortification of Spin? And I've been on there, so that means that I had had some contact with Amy Bird and you know, are those guys pretty pretty solid i mean uh hmm but i i'm no expert on feminism and the language of feminism and i don't listen to all of the stuff that summer has to listen to joy has to listen to but she pulled the alarm bell early on that one and um so if you're going to give somebody kudos, then um, I just think maybe Summer needs some kudos for Summer and Joy for having seen that one coming. They've seen a lot of those types of things coming. I guess it's just simply the obvious language that people are using. And once you recognize it, uh, you sort of see which direction they're going. But, but I did think of that when I saw the uh, picture of uh, her giving the benediction after preaching at a at a church somewhere i I don't know where and uh, I'm not gonna even talk about some of the like ugh, the video yesterday of this person parading down the center aisle of well what I've heard was it was a Roman Catholic high school um, chapel service in an Episcopalian church. All I know is it was, it looked like a cathedral, stained glass, high walls, uh, standard cross shape, altar, you know, old style church building, obviously built a long, long time ago. And here comes this prancing, semi-nude, massively obese drag queen. I don't know if it's male or female or what it is. I don't know. But swinging its obesity in everybody's face. And that's bad enough. The, the sexual perversity of what's going on with these drag queen things is, is, is just a... It, it's just the social festering of the, of the disease that has infected the society and is killing it. But it's one thing to see that person parading around in their rebellion. That's not, that wasn't what bothered me. It was the standing ovation from the people in the pews. That is nothing other than a just, we are all in this hatred of God together. We are, we are united in our telling our Creator to take a hike. That's, that's what I saw. And if that was a Roman Catholic high school, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Don't even, don't even know how to respond to those things. And if I see one more video of a quote-unquote family-friendly um, gay pride uh, stripper there's no such thing as family-friendly but this blatant obvious abuse of children. Which is illegal, but you know who's going to get arrested today? Those people, nah. But uh, post, as in, happen in England, post a graphic where you string together the uh, transgender pride flag. You, you put them together so that there, the inside of their, the what was that be the upper left corner. Uh, You put them together so that it forms a swastika? Oh, you're going to get arrested. Because you cause someone trauma. (sighs) Like I said, a society like that can't last long. Can't last long. It's fall is going to be ugly. Um, It's fall is going to be ugly. Well, anyway, uh that's about forty five minutes. That's I'm not That's a DL short. I don't know what a DL short is, but uh it's not as long as a normal one, I guess. <laughs> I think I probably talk faster when I don't have to be worrying about a camera and, and stuff like that. Um but uh we will we will see uh what the rest of the week brings. I may have to do this again. Uh because I don't get to a new spot until Friday, and that's sort of just a quick transition. Um, I'm pretty certain I did a program from the next stop after that uh, last year when I did my first big trip. So uh, the Mobile Command Center here is a year old now as far as our owning it. It was actually made in March of 2021. And so... um, I'm getting close to, at the end at the end of these two trips I'm doing, I will have over 20, close to 21,000 miles uh, under my belt uh, pulling this RV. So, so far, you know, Rich keeps saying, don't break it. And uh, I go, okay, I'll do my best. Um, come pretty close a few times. <laughs> I got hit with a wind gust. It, it started doing the shimmy shimmy thing. And uh, thankfully, we recovered. Uh, I, I think if it was a regular pole behind instead of a fifth wheel, that would have been a bad one. Uh, but um, oh, did I mention that? Because Rich might listen. That's not good. Uh, maybe he won't. Who knows? But anyway, we've survived so far, and your prayers and support uh, very much uh, appreciated. Don't forget, um, we are going to be getting together with Jason Lyle up there at Redemption Hills uh, Church in Denver, and that's uh, going to be um, on the 12th and 13th, not this coming weekend, the weekend thereafter, up in Denver, Colorado, and I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be exciting. Look up Redemption Hills. Uh, They've got the uh, information there on their website, and uh, if you're in the area, very much looking forward to seeing you and I'm looking forward to listening to uh, Jason's presentation on fractals not that I don't know what he says about fractals but it's going to be great to be live and see that and I'm going to be talking about secularism so uh, join us uh, there and continue to pray for us support us, thank you very much for listening today, we'll see you next time on The Dividing Line, God bless